Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. Welcome to Marriage Helper Live. Hi, I'm Dr. Joe Beam. And in this program, I love to talk to you. In a moment, I'll give you a telephone number that you can call. And if you wish, you can just listen via that number. Or you can actually press a one when you hear an answer. It'll put you into the queue. You'll be screened. And then hopefully we can talk to each other right here. Ah, As a matter of fact, I'm going to have to get some help from my producer because I don't have a screen. I don't have the screen that I need. If you can help me with that as we get started, you'll do that from over there. But I'd love to talk to you. And and when I give that number in just a moment, you can do that. Now I've got my screen. Thank you, Jesse. Uh, I walked in a minute or two late today. The reason is that my wife, Alice, had her knee replacement surgery on Friday. And so this is Monday following. She's still in the hospital. Things have not gone quite as well as they expected. And so uh, I've been doing a lot of trips back and forth at the hospital. And it's really messed up our whole family schedule. But she's going to be okay. If you're praying people, please pray that she heals rapidly and the pain decreases and the other problems that popped up will get remedied very quickly. And forgive me that I had to interrupt the program to ask Jesse to fix my screen for me. Today is the day that in America we celebrate the birth of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Not his actual birthday, but as is the case with many of the people whose birthdays we celebrate, it's on a Monday, so it can work out for people for the three-day weekends. I have studied Dr. King extensively over the years. I maybe should be ashamed to admit that I first started studying Dr. King for his oratorical skills. He fascinated me about how he could move an audience so deeply to the point that where they would walk into a place and take a beating. For example, a friend of mine many years ago told me that he walked across that ridge at Selma with Dr. King. And when I said, how could you do that? I've seen those old films, how they they beat you. They sick the dogs on you. They they did all kinds of terrible things to you and you guys because Dr. King was preaching nonviolence. You took it. How could you do that? To which he replied, oh, Joe, if only you could have heard him. You would have followed him into hell and fought Satan himself. And so I admit, my initial studies for Dr. King were oratorical, but I also found a lot about what the man stood for. You say, now, what has this got to do with the Marriage Helper Program? I'm getting to that right now. It was just today. After all the years I've studied and read about him in so many different ways, and, and I've long since gone past looking at the oratorical into who he was, what he talked about, what he was trying to accomplish, the principles that he stood for. And it was just today, after all of that, it was just today that it hit me. You know, some of the principles he taught are very similar to the principles we teach about how to save a marriage. Now, not all by any means, but some. Now, listen just for a minute and think this way. When you think there is no hope, when you think that everything is against you, everybody is against you, but you know that the cause in your heart is good and right, then you do what you need to do for that. One of the principles he taught, which is exactly one of the principles that we teach, If indeed you believe that you should stand for your marriage, that that it's something important enough for you that you will take some pain for, even when it seems that everybody around you is totally against you, your friends saying, give it up, let it go. How can you let yourself be used like this? Your family, maybe even your parents, your siblings, why would you take this abuse? And you think deep in your heart, because I believe it's the right thing to do. Well, I can occur with Dr. King's point about that. If you're convinced it's the right thing to do, then do it. No 
matter how much opposition that you face. But at the same time, he was nonviolent. And of course, <laughs> that goes to say that we certainly are too. But maybe a, a little bit push on that principle for us would be don't don't try to force the other person to do what it is you want them to do. He talks a lot about if you're going to change somebody, it's not going to be through power or force. If you're going to change somebody, it's going to be through loving them, loving them no matter what they do. And that, that whatever they do, they're responsible for. You're only responsible for yourself. And so if they treat you badly, you, and this was another thing you talked about greatly, you live by character, having integrity, standing up to do what's the right thing. Yeah, we could go on and on about Dr. King, but that's not what this program about is about. It's about talking with you. But, you know, as I was thinking about that today, that man was courageous. Now, you might be thinking, yeah, but they assassinated him. And for some of you, standing as long as you have and as hard as you have for your marriage is the pain that you'll feel if, if God forbid, your spouse winds up marrying somebody else, then that pain will be kind of an assassination, not the same, obviously. I'm not trying to equate the two, but it'll be a deep, deep pain when you know this is the end. But it's not necessarily the end. They killed Dr. King, but they didn't kill his heart, well, his physical heart they did, but you know what I'm talking about. And people who came behind him, the world is a better place today because he lived. Now, racial prejudice is still a problem. There are all kinds of societal problems that still exist, but it's a better place because of the fact that that man stood for what was right. We don't want people to be mistreated. And if you stand for what is right, and if, as I've already said, God forbid, your spouse winds up divorcing you and marrying somebody else, then you keep living by character. You keep standing for the right things. And while we don't have an organization that tries to equip people to be ready for the next marriage, we fight very hard for the marriage that you're in. We know that. We know that by the things that you've done and the things that you'll learn and by the better person that you'll become in spite of all the pain, if indeed you want another relationship, it's going to be amazing. Or the old principle is like attracts like. And so if you're going to be despondent, if you're going to be mean, you're going to be angry, you're going to be depressed, maybe that's the kind of person that you would attract to you. But if you're going to be strong, if you're going to heal through your pain, if you're going to keep being the best that you can be through, well, the pies, for example, physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually. If you do that, then if, and we don't want it to happen, we want this marriage to last, we want to help you save this one. But if it ends, and by the fact that he or she marries somebody else, whoever comes into your life next, if you pay attention because of you would like a tracking light, it's going to be good for you. Now, again, I'm not trying to prepare you for that. I'm trying to tell you that the principles we teach lead to good things, even though Sometimes you have to face, face persecution to get there. All right, let me look, look over here at some of the people who uh, have called in. And I think I'm going to go right here to Michelle in Illinois. Hi, Michelle. Joe Beam, how are you doing today? Hi. I'm doing great. Thank you. Good. How may I help you? Hi. My, my question really is very similar to what you've just been talking about. I feel mm -hmm. confused on how to remain hopeful that this will end the limerence my husband is in. He left to live with his affair partner. But at mm -hmm. the same time, I know I need to move on emotionally for myself, the pies. But this feels mm -hmm. like a mental contradiction that I'm struggling with daily. Uh, I see. And help me understand, what about it feels like a contradiction? I guess when I feel like I'm moving on, mm -hmm. I'm not being hopeful. 
I feel like mm-hmm. I'm tricking my mind. Okay, I, I don't want this. This is fine. I'm going to be okay. And I feel like that's a contradiction to remaining hopeful. I can understand that. Now, help me understand what you mean or what you think and feel when you say moving on. I guess accepting what's happened and accepting Mm -hmm. that he doesn't want my forgiveness and he wants to, in his own words, see where this goes with this other person. And um, Okay. You know, if I may ask, how long has he been involved with her? Um, it's two and a half years now. I found out, uh, six months ago, we've been married for 24 years. Um, his coworker of both of them, um, they work for an airline, which is not a good job for relationships, um, ratted them out because he had not told me in two years. Uh, so somebody felt enough, uh, empathy for you and integrity that you needed to know. That's good. So he's now living with you. Say, how long has he been living with her? Uh, Six months. Six months. Okay. And what kind of contact, if any, do you guys have with each other? Well, I've been trying to do smart contact, so I don't really bother him. I wait for him to call me, which he does Mm -hmm. call. Mm -hmm. It's gotten less. Um, In the beginning, probably a few months in, he would come over for dinner and we actually ended mm-hmm. up being together, and uh, mm-hmm. I think that scared him after the second time he felt like he was being unfaithful to her, which yeah. killed me. Um, yeah, so now sure. he's really distancing himself from me, and uh, it's gotten very, very limited, and he's even bringing up the word divorce because he said, I really don't want a divorce from you, but now she got divorced within six months, and she's pushing him. I bet she is. And so even though he's thought about divorce, as far as you know, he has not filed for divorce. And, and you would know, of course, they'd serve you. So that hasn't occurred. Do you guys have children? No, but I was um, in a limerent relationship with him, and he had two small children when I met him six months and two years. So I feel like I was technically an affair partner. I just don't know how I lasted 27 years because um, his first well, marriage it's, it's lasted people. seven and Mm-hmm. It is atypical. If it starts with a, if, if limerence leads to the end of one marriage and the beginning of another, it's atypical for that marriage to last very long. It doesn't mean it can't happen, but it doesn't happen much. And so you've beaten a lot of odds to get to where you are now. The fact that you've been together for th- uh, these many years, the woman he's involved with, is she similar in, to, in age to him or significantly different? No, similar. Okay. All right. And so here's what I hear you saying. I'm going to wrap this up here. You say, I'm accepting the fact that this happened, that I can't change it. I'm not pursuing him. And by doing that, I'm practicing smart contact. But at the same time, it seems like as I do that, I'm losing my own hope that anything will ever happen. That's what I've heard you say so far. Is that correct? Yes. And he just recently told me he sees no way that we'd ever get back together. I think that was his prologue to bring up her pushing him for divorce. They're having fights, which they've never had fights before, apparently. Oh, I'm glad they're having fights. Good. Me <laughs> That's too. That's good news. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> We're together on that. We're together on that, Michelle. Yes. The fact that he says he can never see you guys being together again, please don't let that program you. Because we, we run into those kinds of things all the time. And people not only say things like that, sometimes I say the meanest things you can imagine to the other person. And and so I know it hurts. I know you don't like to hear it. And it's awfully hard to stand up and, and just take it because it's it's just mean. But I'm, I'm suggesting that if you possibly can, don't believe that. Now, he may believe it. I'm not saying he doesn't. 
But understand that this limerence thing, at some point, even though your relationship with him started with limerence, at some point, you were able to work past that. Now, that's exceptionally, exceptionally rare. That's why we tell people limerence always ends. And the limerence thing does. The limerence thing always ends, which means that that uncontrolled thinking, that obsessive thinking, that that panic, that fear that you're not going to wind up with the other person, it will end no matter what. And if we had a lot of time and could analyze you, we'd figure out when it ended for you guys. Now, obviously, because of the principles that we stand for, you know, I'm not really excited about the fact that you did that all those years ago. But we're not talking about years ago. We're talking about where you are now. And so if you have a specific question, is the question, because what I'm seeing on my screen here is your specific question is, will limerence in? And I'm assuring you that it will. Is there something else that you want to ask more specific than that? I, I guess I worry that it's really not limerence. Um, he has all these signs and symptoms. He told me the <laughs> famous, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. Yeah. Um, I, and I've, you know, unfortunately snooped in the beginning. Now I've been cut off from that, but I've, I've seen a lot of things that I, wow, I wish I'd mm -hmm. never seen. Mm -hmm. And it was really like a, a teenager in puppy love. So it just follows all of these things. But and it's been going on about, look at me. about 30 months, right? That was what I heard you say earlier. As far as you know, it's going to be going on about 30 months. Yes. Which means that in all likelihood, it's well past the halfway point. Now, we can't get exact timelines on limerence. We just know that it's going to run somewhere between three months and 48 months based on the studies, the research done by others, not by me, but by others, and that at least half of them are over by the end of the 24th month. That kind of thing happens, although you know we can't predict exactly what the time frame is going to be for your husband. Uh, the fact that they're fighting now means that she's pushing. That's because of the fact that she sacrificed. You said she's already sacrificed her husband. She's divorced him. So she's made sacrifices, and now she's pushing. Well, what you hope to do here is this, is that you continue to be the best that you can possibly be. Okay, physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, because of the fact that she's now pushing that may indeed push him into divorcing you. That's a possibility. But it's also possible that him pushing her or her pushing him, I should say, that her pushing him will begin to generate those feelings of wait a minute, because he's uh, far enough into this. It's very likely that the halo effect is beginning to wear, to wear off. Now, I can't guarantee it. I'm just saying it's likely. And if the halo effect is beginning to wear off. Then, then the fact that she's pushing him about anything is actually going to work to her disadvantage. And that's when we tell people what you do is you continue to be the best place you can be, the best person you can be, so that when that other thing begins to fall apart, they look back at you and think, mm, I gave up something here. Now, again, and thank you, Michelle, for calling. I don't, uh, and this is not to attack Michelle. She's 24 years after the fact. But, but understand that when marriages start this way, it can be difficult. And then we're going to go, let's see, we're going to go to Rob. No, it's Bob. <laughs> I need my glasses. Bob in Pennsylvania. Hi, Bob. Are you there? Hey, how are you doing, Joe? Thank you for taking my call. Thank you. Um, I'm doing very well. Thank you. How may I help you today? Uh, my wife actually left home abruptly about four months ago. Um, mm -hmm. She said during that time she crossed the line with a male coworker. Um, okay. It turned physical. She was staying with him. Uh, but a week ago yesterday, she came back home, was very genuine, and, and you know, said that, that if I would take her back, that, you know, she wanted to put everything mm -hmm. behind her and, and try to work on us. Um, she ended up moving home fully on Wednesday, and 
you know, her, her mood was very stable. You know, I, I saw genuine, you know, what I felt was mm-hmm. very genuine attempt. Mm-hmm. Um, Wednesday went great. Thursday went great. Friday went fine. Um, Saturday, I just noticed something a little off, but nonetheless, um, at some point in the morning, she told me that she uh, misses uh, what would be the other man and that she thinks that she loves him, um, mm-hmm. which we had had a false start back in November. So when she, when we talked a week ago, I told her that, you know, it, if you're serious about it, you know, I don't, if you're not a hundred percent serious that you want to at least see where we can go or, or if we have a chance to put this together, please do not move back. You know, I wanted to get something, I guess, kind of worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, but nonetheless, we, we, I listened when she told me as much as it hurt to tell. Um, mm-hmm. and, and we talked some, and afterwards she said, I, I feel better that I was able to tell you that to get it off my chest. Good. Um, Saturday night kind of seemed back to, you know, uh, us cooperating, you know, fine. And yesterday mm-hmm. turned into an amazing day. And she actually, yesterday, uh, she is very introverted. So she's just, you know, that's mm-hmm. her type of personality, but she actually wanted to, um, reconnect with my parents who she was very close with. Wow. And, and I know it wow. took a lot for her to, you know, to do that. Yeah, um, that's big. But, mm-hmm. but I guess as amazing as yesterday went, and I understand this is going to be a process by no means. She's mm-hmm. grieving and, and whatnot, but how mm-hmm. do I keep moving forward or knowing what she told me Saturday? You know, I mean, obviously mm-hmm. now that's kind of in the back of my mind, mm-hmm. you know, is it the last part of coming down off these chemicals or is it in fact something I'm going to have to worry about or do I change my focus or I guess what? Well, if I knew the answer to every question, I'd be a billionaire. You don't understand <laughs> that, right? Certainly. So certainly. Just, and, I, and I'm certainly not a billionaire. So that means I don't know the answer to every question. <laughs> everything, I'm, everything I'm hearing here, Bob, I'm excited about. This is great. Understand that Thank reconciliation you. is not like diving into the deep end of the pool. Reconciliation is like wading into the shallow end of the pool. And sometimes there's three steps forward, two steps back, one to the side, mm-hmm. two to that side, then another step forward again because of the fact that you're having to reconnect, relearn each other. And the fact that she was emotionally connected to the guy, it's a good thing that she can tell you that. Because if she can't tell you that, in other words, she tells you that and you react badly. And, and when I say badly, I don't mean just the fact that you might get mad and yell at her or things like that. Rick Badley can also be you just fall apart, you're sobbing, and, and she's thinking, well, I can't do that again, either because your reaction to her was negative or because she feels like she affected you in too negative a way. But you handle it. Right. Now, sure, sure, it hurts to hear that. Without a doubt, it hurts to hear that. But you're creating a situation where she can be open and honest and transparent with you about anything. And it's absolutely normal. And when a person's coming out of a relationship with another person, even if it was, you know, tiny or huge, as long as there were emotions involved in it, there's some degree of a grief process, which means that mm-hmm. I've made a decision as to what's right. That's what I'm going to do. But emotions don't work on logic. And emotions like all of a sudden this day, poof, it pops up. You, for example, have you ever had an experience where maybe you're sitting in a traffic light or something, remember something embarrassing you did in the eighth grade and get red face all over again? It, it just happens to people, okay? And so understand right. that emotions can come from anywhere and do any kind of thing. Uh, everything I hear here is positive. I am so excited for you. If you can continue to be this strong, if you continue to let her talk, 
and and you'd continue to listen, yeah, it's going to hurt, but but that you're there and understanding and compassionate, it's going to magnify the attraction attraction and attachment that she has to you, and and this is going to go really well. Just don't panic if you have a bad day or a bad week. It's part of the process. Okay. Remember, shallow into the pool and you're moving around. You hope to get to the deep water, and I think you will. You hope to get to the deep water, but don't panic when it looks like they're backing up a little bit. You're already in the pool. That's the main thing. And you can get there. You can do okay. this. You sound like a pretty intelligent guy to me, are you? <laughs> I try to be. I, I do try to do as much research. I mean, I've listened to all of your podcasts and, and read as much you know materials as I can and, mm-hmm. and you know, to try to be Good. prepared for this. One other, I guess, on the same subject, Wednesday mm-hmm. and Thursday, she was very, um, I mean, very, uh, what do I want to say, uh, showed a lot of affection. Um, you know, we, we ended up having sex a few times those two days. You know, it was like fireworks. Mm-hmm. It really was. And I, I've heard that on some of the, okay. you know, podcasts yeah, that went on. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But since then, I don't want to say that she's, been withdrawn but i mean it it there's been kissing there's been hugging there's been stuff like that but it just hasn't i guess returned back to that yeah my best to let her lead in that area or you know for this time or if it were i if it were i i would bob because because she goes through all these different emotions okay one thing that intensifies passion is fear and so, for example, if, if all of a sudden she gets afraid of losing you, like, oh, my goodness, then actually she's going to get more passionate. Or if she gets afraid of anything, uh, fear drives passion. But passion is also driven by many other things as well, like, wow, I'm finally back with you. You actually took me back. You're forgiving me. That also can, can magnify passion quite a bit. So rather than trying to analyze okay. why is she doing that, why is she doing that, just think to yourself, well, at least she's still affectionate. We're still hugging some. We're still kissing some. If it were I... I would let her lead on this. And if it comes down to the point, okay. if you, and I don't, I don't think you're going to hit any sexual difficulties. I just think, I think that everything you're doing is working so well. But if you do hit sexual difficulties, yeah. call us back because I've got some recommendations for that. But I really don't anticipate that's going to happen. I think, my friend, you're, that things are going awfully well for you. There's probably, I don't know how many thousands of people listening to this right now who would trade places with you in a heartbeat. I'm sure. And I've thought the same thing when I've read the same stories myself. So I am very <laughs> appreciative and, and I appreciate all of your, your you and your organization's work. It, it well, definitely thank you very much. So, thank, you so right. much. thank you very much. Thank you. And hopefully to see you at the workshop. <laughs> oh, I'd love to. Love to have you guys at the workshop. And so, Jesse, let's put the telephone number up if people want to call. It's, uh, uh, let's see, what is the number we use here? 657 383. 0812. That's 657-383-0812. And if you call that number, if you just want to listen, then you can listen just by calling that number. If you wish to speak to me, whenever you hear the answer, please press the number one, and that'll put you in the queue where you can be screened where we can talk. Okay? Uh, well, let's see. Move down here just a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is the same Michelle I talked to a moment ago. Let's see if, if I'm messing up over here. Um, Michelle, is it Rhode Island? Is that where you are? Yes, Rhode Island. Hi, how are you today? Good, how are you, Joe? Rocking and bobbing. How may I help you? Great. Okay, so I've been together with my husband for 31 years, married for 25, but we've been separated for a year um, uh, because the year before he had had an affair 
We got back together. We started reconciling. Um, but then I found out he was still doing um, his online uh, emotional fears. Um, mm-hmm. Prior to the prior to th- this is a kind of a difficult situation. Prior to his first affair, he had been a wonderful husband, a wonderful father. Um, but he let out a secret that he had been been um, keeping for most of our relationship that he had been sexually abused as a child mm-hmm. um, by a very close family friend. And then that, that actually reoccurred as an adult, um, but actually forcefully. And the relationship happened for two years while um, he was in his early forties until he was able to get away from the, the person. And um, okay, I had no idea make sure I understand it. what you just said. You're saying that some male abused him, abused your husband when your husband was in his forties. It was the same man. He was abused as a child by the same man, very, very close family friend. Um, okay. He had been, yeah, he had been abused by him as a child. He's known him since birth. But that person um, actually wanted to take the relationship further. And at one time when they were alone, um, he had used physical force, and meaning a gun. And um, he forced my husband into a relationship, blackmailed him, that type of thing. I had no idea about it. Um, he came out and let us, like the whole family, know um, two years ago. So it was, you know, this is like, um, you know, a very difficult situation. I did not know how to handle it, so of course, I didn't. Um, I kind of let, you know, the law handle it, and I let the counselors handle it, <clears throat> and I kind of hid from it. To be honest, I kind of emotionally hid and worked like 60 hours a week. Um, but in that time, that probably he needed me. Um, he sought someone out, and he found, um, you know, found a relationship within months of letting everybody know about this relationship. And that, once I found out, that was like another bomb, first bomb, then second bomb. And um, I ended up in a mental hospital, and mm. I did. But we got over it, and we um, we reconciled. But he wasn't. He's not healthy now. He wasn't healthy mm-hmm. then, and he's not mentally healthy now. He is getting counseling. I'm getting counseling. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, after the first affair, I thought we were reconciling, but then I found out months, almost, you know, um, yeah, about six or seven months after, I found out he was still on the phone with people, still on um, social media with people, and I just, I asked him to leave. I, I kicked him out. And so it's been a year since that's happened. Now, when, so when you say these is, people... When you say these people, are these all females? Or are these some males? No, all females. No, and okay. and through his counselor, she tells him that he's seeking out this female attention because it's validation that he's not gay. Because he's not he's not gay. He doesn't have Possible. gay feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and so okay. um, he's yeah he's seeking out you know because of shame and and validation. So. Okay. Um, and the question you were about to ask, I interrupted you. I'm sorry. You said the yeah. question is? We've been separated for a year. Um, he's, he's had, in that year, he's had multiple, um, multiple affairs online, and he's had a few in person. Um, he's said he's stopped everything now except for the emotional affair, probably a few. I know one that is long distance, never met the person. But she does mm-hmm. give him comfort, and he doesn't, you know, in counseling a few times, he's gone with me. And I said to him, you know, I'm willing to work on anything, but I can't work with you while there's other people involved in the marriage. You know, how are we supposed to work together when you're seeking Mm -hmm. these people out, you know, especially this particular person that gives him comfort and he doesn't want to give her up. So Mm -hmm. with with the help of my counselor, she she said, well, you know, you can't work together unless 
you give that up and try to see if you can you can be together. And there is love between us, deep love between us. But you know, there is also mental illness on his side for the the abuse he suffered for the mental illness he's he's suffering right now. So my question mm-hmm. is, I I finally um, in October I had I, I gave him an ultimatum. I said, you either have to agree to work on the marriage, get rid of all of this, these social media connections, see what we mm-hmm. can do, or I'm going to file for divorce. And he wasn't, he was honest. He wasn't able to give up the, um, the emotional affairs. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, we were going to have um, divorce court in December. He asked if I would postpone it um, because he was going to go into a program and get some help, which I'm, I'm aware mm-hmm. it's not going to happen overnight. Um, and he's done that. So we postponed it, but I've seen very little Mm -hmm. change in him. He has come Mm -hmm. home, not on his own. He's been wanting to come home, but in a separate room, um, Mm -hmm. you know, so how how can I help you? What can I do for you? you? uh, Well, the question is, is that he's back home, but he, it was kind of like he, um, it wasn't like he wanted to be there to be with me. I think it was Mm -hmm. just like, you know, a situation of safety in the home and, he wants me to continue this, this relationship, which is like being friendly with each other, but mm-hmm. not much else. Um, but I'm mm-hmm. trying to stand up for the marriage, even though I filed for divorce, but he's mm-hmm. still in these, he's still in, in an emotional relationship right. that he can't give up. So, so, so where what does is the that question? Where does okay. that, where do I stand? And what, what should I do? Should I continue with my firmness? Look, you have to give up these emotional connections and let's go to counseling together, or the divorce is going to go through, <clears throat> or do I continue to let him do that? Okay, you know, when we start thinking do about that, this. To the... Right. But, but see, you've already, you've already not done that. What I mean is this. You told him, we can't get together, you can't come home unless you stop those things. But if I heard what you said directly, you actually did let him come home anyway. And, and now he's like, okay, I'm here. I just want to be friends. I want to be buddies. Let me live here. And what I hear you asking is the same thing that you had already decided with the help of your counselor. As long as you're involved with this, as long as you're doing these things, then I cannot live with you. But you've already changed that. And so my question is, one way or the other, one way or the other, my recommendation, and I'm not trying to override your counselor. I never, ever want to override anybody's counselor. But my suggestion is that you need to make a decision. And if the decision is, no. No, we will not work on this. You cannot live here unless you stop those other relationships. I'm not going to just be your your roommate. If you make that decision, then you have to stay with that decision. If you decide, no, we'll live here and you can be my roommate, and maybe over time we can fix this. If that's the decision you want to make, then it's your right to make it. But don't expect a whole lot of progress. People pretty well do what you let them do. And, And in a situation where it's like, okay, Okay, we can live together. You can keep on having these contacts with these other women, and I'll be your roommate here if you allow that to happen. My question is, what's the motive to change? What What is the reasoning that would lead him to want to do anything differently? Now, I'm not going to tell you what to do. It's not my decision. It's yours. And I hope that your counselor is not telling you what to do either. It's not his or her decision. It's yours. You always have to make your own decisions. But if your decision is he can't do this, my strong recommendation is, you have to stick with that. You can't back off on that and change it because if you do, you basically give it a message. Yeah, this is what I want, but I'll put up with other stuff as well. And I don't know if that's the message that you want to give. At least if it were I, it's certainly not the message I would want to give. And so now we're going to move to Ralph in Australia. Hi, Ralph. Are you there? 
Hello, Dr. Bean. How are you? <laughs> I love that Australian accent. I'm doing well, my friend. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for taking my call. I really, um, all the marriage helper content online has just helped me so much over Good. the last few Good. months. So thank you so much to you and your team and to, um, and to Master Kimberly. Uh, I um, I have a question, I guess, it's specifically about what, what I can do next in my stand. Um, in my marriage, I've been separated now about 10 months. Okay. Um, yeah. And for the first few months, I, it was a really, really tough separation the first few months with just no contact at all. And, you know, smart contact absolutely works. Um, it took about two months to get to the point where we could actually rebuild communication so that we can communicate now daily. If, if, you know, if um, my wife reaches out to me, we have two young boys together. Um, there's, yeah, I'm sure there's so much has happened in that time. We recently sold the house, so we haven't lived together for 10 months. And it was a big push that I did at one point, um, but I needed it because I had nowhere to live. It resulted in her just leaving and taking the kids. And mm-hmm. the second time that it happened, and I just, it was really bad. But, you know, about six months now, we've, we've come back to a point where we can communicate there's a lot of trust being established again bricks are coming down um, off the good, wall good um but and and recently she initiated or we just talk sometimes it might be five minutes when we talk about the kids and do a handover sometimes it's maybe up to an hour um she allows me to come to mm. her place now mm-hmm. things like that but she did recently over a phone conversation say to me that um and I guess through all this, I, I'd really been feeling that, um, you know, we've been married 10 years, you know, I, I, I guess I'd been feeling that it was just all me in terms of, you know, and I'd been completely oblivious to things mm-hmm. previously, but through going through like anger management courses, um, doing whatever I could in terms of just exploring why did we even arrive at this point? Because I had no, she'd never told me why she just disappeared. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I was left to try and figure out what had happened. And I had been feeling like, oh, it's all me. You know, I've been an emotionally abusive husband, like just through content and things that I've been reading and working through. And, mm-hmm. um, but then about a week, two weeks ago that she actually opened up to me and said, you know what? She actually feels like she should never have got married in the first place. She absolutely hmm. loves and adores her kids, but she's like, I'm not even wired to be a mother. I, you know, I, I, I got married because it seemed like the good thing to do for a young Christian girl, um, and I feel like I was really immature um, back mm-hmm. then, but I can see that. Um, yeah, and yeah, there's a few other things. And then, you know, she, I'm working on our pies, and she said to me, look, you haven't even changed. Nothing's changed about you. You're she still feels like I'm really selfish, that she doesn't feel loved. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to work out what's the what's the next step in my stand. Okay. Do you feel like that you have changed, Ralph? I feel like I'm definitely working on some things. I, she she said to me that I'm completely oblivious to even see my own um, selfishness, but she doesn't feel like I'm trying to be malicious in any way or Good. hurt her in any way. 
Um, and she, an example that she gave was we were doing a handover of kids and it was in a public place at the shopping centre. And we talk regularly. So I, we were on the phone actually um, talking as I was about to um, go pick up the kids. And the example she gave me is we did that. And then while we were on the phone, she actually lost one of our children. In the cool. shopping centre, it was not a like, it was not a, it was not not a um, like a big, yeah. He wasn't lost for very long or anything. It was just like he, you know, he wandered off. Yeah. Um, right. And and she explained to me the situation where, and she was quite um, distressed and that kind of thing at the time. And I just walked over, and because it was almost like because I was really calm about the situation she um and i went over and it just i didn't really know what was going on at the time because i got there mm-hmm. and i was expecting to meet them in one place and then they weren't in their place and then there was another friend there that i hadn't seen for a long time and i was like oh i'll just be mm-hmm. nice and say hello okay. she said to me and she explained what she was feeling the reason why she was so distressed is because she was saying to me that our youngest child, when he realizes that he's lost, he's going to be really upset, and she didn't want him to, right. to have that fear of being lost. Right. Okay. Um, so here's what, and here's what I'm hearing you say. Okay. Here's what I'm hearing, Ralph. What I'm hearing is this: that she doesn't feel that you understand her emotions, and especially not the depth of her emotions. Now, when she says things like, I don't know if I was ever cut out to be married. I don't know if I was ever cut out to be a mother. Eh, those are a little disturbing in the sense that sometimes people will say that kind of thing if they're trying to set up doing something. Like, you know, I was never set up for this. I was never intended to do that. But but then she went ahead and indicated that she really does have that motherhood instinct because when you were at the fair, when you were out there shopping, and she started to think, okay, my kid, where's my child? She instantly felt what the mother felt, which will be, what is my child feeling? And, and is my child scared? And so it's not just my fear that I've lost my child. What is the child feeling? Which indicates a strong em, em, uh, empathy contact or connection between the mother and the child. So when she says, I don't know if I was ever designed to be a mother. Well, she just showed that's not actually true. She's actually having all the kind of instincts a mother has. Here's what I think is going on, my friend. Now, obviously, you know, you're a half a world away. And uh, I'd love to come back to Australia again. That's where I got my PhD, my doctorate degree at the University of Sydney there. But here's what I'm going to suggest. If indeed I'm correct, if I'm correct, and she's thinking, Ralph, you just don't understand what I feel, and you certainly don't understand the depth of what I feel. Now, I'm I'm guessing that's going to be the core. I really am. If that's it, Ralph, you you sound to me like a man's man. I mean, and I like those kind of guys, you know, rough and tough, and you can handle whatever comes at you. But... Over here in the United States, we had a president back in the day, back before my day, Abraham Lincoln. And when Sandberg wrote about Lincoln, he described him this way. He was a man of steel and velvet. I can hear in your voice that you can be a man of steel. I mean, I think if I were with you in the outback and we got into trouble, I'd be thinking, I'm glad I'm with Ralph. This guy can handle anything. But, but being that man of velvet is a little bit harder to do. Because it particularly means now I've got to be sensitive. I've got to be soft. I've got to be understanding. And women, as you know, don't necessarily think like men do. They feel things differently. They feel a different degree of depth. And therefore, my friend, if there's a possibility of putting this together, if that possibility exists, here's how it's going to happen. I think, in my opinion, it's going to be you sitting down with her and saying, 
teach me, literally, use that language, teach me how to understand emotions. Teach me how to understand your emotions and what you feel. Because you know I'm a good guy. And you know that, that I love you. And, and I know you know that because you're not attacking me. But at the same time, I know that I'm failing you in some way. And, and I need you to teach me how to do that. Just like I can teach you how to do things, I need you now to be teaching me how to do that. If she reacts positively to that, even if at the outset, even if at that outset she's kind of reluctant to do that, if she has any kind of positive reaction to that at all, my friend, I think that's the very next step. I really do. And if that doesn't work, get on Skype or something and call us back, my friend. And so now we're going to go to Philip in Illinois. Hi, Philip. How are you today? Hey, how's it going? Rocking and bopping. How may we help you, my friend? Well, I've got a kind of strange story. Uh, my wife split up me on Christmas Day and left two days after that. Uh, hmm. It's been uh, a lot of ups and downs. We still keep some kind of contact. we got two kids. Uh, living mm-hmm. in Chicago, i got a rough job, and I bring a lot of my work home, and so does she. Okay. So, uh, like last night, we had a situation where we try to talk every morning and every night. We do both go to counseling. I go by myself, she goes by herself, and then we both go together. So mm-hmm. last night, I, she, we talked, and I've been with my wife for 24 years, and I know when she's lying. So she called me from the location, said where she was at. And I said, well, who are you with? And she says, nobody. And the way her voice went up, I knew she was lying. So what I did is I got in my buddy's car and went, and I drove where she was at, and I was sitting outside and found out she was sitting with somebody. I didn't sleep all night. I'd been up all day. And it was about 7 o'clock this morning. I texted her, hey, can we talk? She said, yeah. Well, I told her what I did. So at this time, she says that she is just disappointed in me, uh, but she kind of understands. I said, I mean, mm-hmm. this is really new to me. We've never been like this. A lot of what our relationship is, I was kind of verbally abusive. She was kind of sexually abusive. She was yeah. deprived, and I was feeling um, like, um, I can't think of what I'm looking for, that she, when she just, she would take sex away for two months, and she controlled it. I was tired of rejection. So for two years, I said, you know what? Forget it. I don't want nothing to do with it. You know, if you want sex, you initiate it. And when I went on for two years like that. And wow. so we still try to say we love you every day, but I just, I'm confused on what to do. I'm trying to do the smart contact. I'm still trying to keep, you know, my ties up, uh, keep my spirits up. I don't mm-hmm. try to contact besides this morning. I let her come to me, but mm-hmm. it, it's tough. And sure it is. the stupid thing I did yesterday is really bothering me, but I don't know. Well, if you're going to wind up being perfect at this, then you'll be giving us lessons, okay? There's nobody, nobody that does this perfectly. Nobody. We teach the principles, and we help you work through them as best we possibly can. But but don't beat yourself up if you do something that, you know, wow, I should have done that a little bit differently. Does your wife um, believe that you are emotionally connected with her or not? Yes. Yeah, she okay. believes that um, – I watched your one video about staying together or fighting, and I played it for her, and I said I chose to fight. I didn't wear my ring for most of it because of my job. Um, Mm -hmm. So I went and I got a rubber band type of wedding ring, and I wear it all the time now. And I keep Mm -hmm. screwing up a lot. I keep that, you know, every time we get together, we talk about the relationships. I know we're not supposed to. And I was one of them beggars in the beginning because, like, in Christmas, I begged her to stay. Then I started mm-hmm. seeing some of your videos, and I said, you know what? I said, that's kind of ignorant. I mean, it's very selfish on my part. If mm-hmm. you want to go, I understand. You need some space. You need to get emotionally um, 
in the right state. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that following Saturday, she moved in with a friend of ours. But the living conditions that she's in is horrible. Now, her mom and dad live across the street. Her mom has bad cancer. And another thing I'm mm-hmm. wondering about is my wife's depression is real bad. I'm wondering if she might be going through a menopause. So between her mom's cancer, between maybe possible menopause and our issues, you know, is it all combined? Because she won't leave Could her be. friend's house, which I do trust the friend she's with. I've known her first. But when, mm-hmm. in the, the living conditions being as filthy as they are, I mean, if she wants to go to bed, she has to crawl in from the foot of the bed because you can't get around it. She's trying wow. to make room in the basement so our kids can spend some time with her. And that's wow. a mess. I mean, the yard is full of garbage because they're trying to clear stuff out for all the time. And okay, I love so Dawn. She, great she's moved out, and she's living with somebody else, yes. but the kids are still with you. Is that correct? Yes, they're staying with me. I still have the house. Yes, they're staying with me because okay. uh, my kids go to private school. Um, right. Okay. I mean, they're going to stay by here tonight for the first time. Okay. And so do you think that she is actively, emotionally involved with somebody else or that the fact that I, what you saw that was a passing thing? Well, see, 20 years ago, she cheated on me twice. Once with a close friend of mine that was living with us and once with a co-worker. Right. And I've taken her but back was, both But that time. was 20 years ago. What about now? Correct. Well, what about now? I've been seeing different signs, but nothing's connected. I've been, you know, mm-hmm. looking into this, looking at that, and I've asked her, and I even asked her this morning, and she said no. The friend that she was with was a friend that she, I said she'd been sneaking around for a while with, and it's a female friend. But she says no. Mm-hmm. Um, just last night, she goes, I know you don't like this person. That's why I lied to you, this and that. Okay. I said, well, if we're still going to counseling, how are we going to fix it? So I really don't believe she is no. Okay, good. How familiar are you with the programs, the things that we offer, my friend? Are you, for example, uh, a been, member? Are you part of our online course called Save My Marriage? Are you part of that by any chance? I don't know. I'm just a subscriber right now. I'm trying to get them. I did call to try and do uh, one of your seminars because it's in Chicago, Tennessee. The wife told me mm-hmm. she said, there's too many, uh, too many, too, like one kitchen. She wants to have this, let this counselor. She doesn't want to go to do both. She said it might screw things up because mm-hmm. I wanted to come down and do your three day seminar. Okay. Well, let me give you a gift of something. Um, we have an online course. It has 10 weeks worth of stuff. It's called Save My Marriage. And uh, okay. uh, you, you would know if you were in that or not. But call back to whoever you've talked to here. Do you remember the name of the person you talked to here by any chance, our client representative? I do. Um, if you give me a second, because I can so look it up. You, uh, you, you, don't need, you don't need to tell me now. I just want to know that you know it. And so yeah, if you'll call that person, just call that person. And then you tell that person, Dr. Bean said that he is gifting me the online Save My Marriage course. And then okay. what I'm asking you to do, get into that online course. You know, you can do it from right there at your home. Get into the online okay. course and get a few weeks into that. And, and then if you're not getting some really strong ideas about how to handle this, Call me back then, but I, I want to give okay. that to you. And I don't give many of these away. As a matter of fact, they yell at me when I give them away. So I'm going to give this. I'm going to get yelled at for this. But um, I appreciate I'm going you. To give Thank that you. To you. So look, uh, find that person's name, the client representative here. Call them and tell them Dr. Beam sent in. What they always do is they'll contact me to verify, and I'll say sure, absolutely. I told Philip that we're going to give him this program, and and let's go there first and see how that works. Okay. And then if that does work. Wonderful. If not, if not, then what you need to do is call us again later and see if we can help. All right, we're going to go down here, and now we're going to move down to Pennsylvania, and we're going to move over to Todd. Hi, Todd. How are you today? Hi. Hi, Joe. How may I help you, my friend? 
Uh, yes. Yeah, so um, I was um, actually uh, committed adultery and um, married the woman that I committed adultery with and uh, moved, changed my job, um, changed my whole life uh, to be with this woman. And uh, mm-hmm. we've been married since October now. Mm-hmm. And I'm really uh, feeling a lot of regret, um, yeah. a lot of guilt. I yeah. actually read your book, uh, Getting Past Guilt. Um, mm-hmm. Helped a lot. Of, I read another book um, by Rubel Shelley. Uh, it's a, a um, divorce and remarriage, a redemptive theology. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess there's people that say I shouldn't get another divorce. Um, but part of me feels like, you know, I I guess deep down inside, I feel like uh, this, you know, this shouldn't have happened. Um, mm-hmm. I shouldn't be in this relationship. But I shouldn't be married to this woman. Mm-hmm. Um, she really loves me, and uh, she doesn't want me to go. And mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm going. I'm seeing a therapist right now myself um, to try to get through some of this. But I. I when I saw the opportunity to ask you a direct question, I, I, I just, <laughs> I guess I, I wanted to take the opportunity to do it. So. Okay. All righty. So you're feeling a tremendous amount of guilt, my friend. I'm, I'm so sorry for that pain, but that's what guilt does. Now, you see, you're asking me a question that's more theological than, than what we do here. And uh, when you say, should I divorce her and go back to the first, back when I was a minister, which was back a long time ago, <laughs> I mean, I guess I cough when I'd say the word minister. Back when I was a minister many, many years ago, um, young minister, back in the late 1800s, I would have had one view of theology there. And and now in my position, I have a different view of theology. Here's the general principle by which we work. Now, obviously, you have to make your own decision. And if you've read Rubel's book, Dr. Shelley lives right here in Middle Tennessee. I'm sure you can find him one way or the other. He also teaches at Lipscomb University. And... uh, he doesn't teach there anymore. I'm sorry, Caroline, who is my brilliant assistant over here, says, no, he doesn't teach there anymore. But you can find Rubel. And if not, if you can call our office down here and say, help me find Dr. Shelley, I'll see if I can find his email for you or something. You might want to talk to him if you want to talk theology. I mean, he's the theologian. When it comes to us, when it comes to us, here's the way it works. We tell people, we, we fight to help people save a marriage. That's what we do. Now, yeah. would I agree that, that you should not have ended the first marriage? Yes, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Would I say that adultery is a bad thing to do? Yeah, I would agree with that wholeheartedly as well. I do. But but now that you're married to the second person, the way we view it is, okay, now this is the marriage you work on now. That, yes, it started badly. You should, you know, the other things should not have occurred, but they did occur. And now you're in this okay. marriage, and so do what you do to make – do whatever you need to do to make this marriage work. But, see, that's our philosophy I'm not giving you theology. I'm giving you the way that this organization exists. If you yeah. want to look at it theologically, I strongly recommend finding Dr. Shelley. If if you want to look at it that way, then that's a different thing than what we do here. But we couldn't, by, by the very principles by which we operate, we could never help a person in one marriage to go to another marriage, even in a situation like okay. yours. Does that make any sense okay. to you at all, my friends? Yes, I mean, yes. Okay. And and as far as the guilt is concerned, I do hope you find some way to get past that. You know, lots of us, Todd, have done some really crappy stuff. You know, I have. I certainly have. And that's why I wound up writing that book, Getting Past Guilt. When uh, yeah. Howard 
Yeah. When, when Howard, that's, that's published by Howard Books, which is a division of Simon & Schuster. When they first came to me years ago to write a book, they wanted me to write a book about spiritual warfare. And, and I said, I'm happy to write a book about spiritual warfare, but I want to write a book about guilt first because, because of all the things I've done in my life and, and finding the way to be forgiven and feel forgiven. Well, they did make me write the spiritual warfare book first. But so they just gave me a two book contract. And that was the second book, Getting Past Guilt. And I wrote that, my friend, for me, so that I could find the scriptures and the healing and the hope. So I wouldn't rest of my life be bogged down with guilt. And I do strongly recommend that you find a way to do that through God. Now, again, if you want to find Dr. Shelley and you can't, email here and I'll get one of our folks to find out how to get him. And, I'll, and we'll email that back to you, okay? Yeah, thank you so much. And again, I, that that book has helped me a lot. The Getting Past Guilt book. I would recommend anybody yeah. read that. That definitely uh, appreciate your um, yeah, just uh, your vulnerability and uh, and just sharing uh, your story in that book and then everything else with it. Um, so yeah, that's definitely helped me a lot. Well, thank you, Todd. That means a lot to me. It means a whole lot to me. All right, my friend, you take care. The book, Getting Past Guilt, if you guys are interested, you can find all of my books on Amazon. Uh, of course, you can always call here at Mary Shelper. And we'll go ahead and give our 800 number up here on the screen. Our uh, 866 number, it is not 800 numbers anyway, 866-903-0990. And if you're having a problem with your marriage then and, and you haven't talked to anybody here yet, you call that number, 866-903-0990. And, and tell whoever answers the phone, we have a whole lot of people here. And they'll get you to one of our client representatives. And he or she will be able to listen to understand enough of your situation to refer you to whatever resource we have that can be of assistance to you. Now, it's not a hotline. It's not like you're going to call and talk to a counselor. That's not the way it works. The client representatives will listen enough to understand, and then they'll help you understand what products we have, if any, that will help you or what services we have, if any, that will help you with that. Now, they're not going to twist your arm to try to get you to do anything, but they are going to try to get you the best resources available to help you with whatever you're facing. We also on YouTube, if you go to youtube.com slash marriage helper, all one word, marriage helper. We've got how many hundreds of videos there now, Jesse? Over 300. Over 300 videos there now. And we're adding two or three a week. Is that correct, Jesse? Okay. Uh, they hate it when I talk to them off camera. One of these days, I'm just going to make them sit right here with me so you can see these wonderful people I get to work with. We have an amazing team of people all together, people that work with us in one way or another. There's over 50 of us now. And and we continue to try to find more ways to help more people. If you go to youtube.com slash marriage helper, you can find videos on all kinds of topics there having to do with relationships, mostly marriage, but having to do with relationships. Now, if you subscribe when you get there, then when these new videos go up, you'll get a notice that this one just went up. It's on this topic. This one just went up. It's on that topic. And therefore, you won't miss the new ones. Now, right now, Kimberly Holmes, our CEO, is doing a lot of those videos. She has a master's degree in psychology. She's very smart, very wise for her age, actually. And, and she's doing some tremendous videos that we're getting people responding to in wonderful ways. I'm on, I personally am on some other projects right now that I've been assigned by Kimberly, who is our CEO, and I'm working on those diligently, and hopefully I, too, will soon be back doing videos. Now, there, I have many, many videos there already, and hopefully we'll be doing more when I can finish these projects that I've been assigned. The whole idea is we want to continue to do more for more people, and so we're all working diligently, and that's why there's so many of us, and we're adding people all the time. And if we can help you, we truly want to help you. Jesse, what else did I not mention that I should mention here? 
Okay, the YouTube, our, our telephone number. Okay. Well, in that case, <laughs> Dr. Joe Beam saying, I hope you have a great week. And uh, Lord willing, we'll see you next Monday, 12 to 12. 30 central time. Thank you.